Let's go to uh, Mark 15. We are going back to um, 20, 21, although we will go quickly through there since we looked at that a bit last week. Mark 15, 21. By the way, uh, have uh, no desire to be rude to anybody. Normally after class, I'll stand here and answer questions and the like for about a half hour. But I have to get to Hot Springs, Arkansas. Um, never been there. It might be interesting. The Christian church has a pastor's retreat every year down there. And evidently, uh, for Arkansas. And evidently, a few weeks ago, they lost their speaker. I don't know who it was or why. But one of the ministers there had followed us here and uh, heard me elsewhere and decided just to go for it and called and said, or emailed and said, is there any possibility? And I looked at Cammie and I said, you know, it's a Monday and a Tuesday. We're trying to reach over these people. Yeah, well, I'll go. So uh, I've, I've got to take off here in a bit. Don't mean to be rude. Write your questions down. Give them to uh, Barbara Cassily and she'll, uh, she'll answer them for you. Um, in Aramaic, because she's, she's that good. A certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way in from the country, and they forced him to carry the cross. Uh, again, we brought up in that area. He is most likely um, a black African, but there are also lighter-skinned Africans like Morocco, um, the people that um, um, the British used to call the Moors, that whole Libya area. Regardless, and it also, he also could have been a Jew because there were Jewish settlements there. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Um, we brought up again that there are competing Golgothas, uh, and you go do a Holy Land tour because they'll both say, well, this looks like a skull. It doesn't necessarily mean that the area looks like a skull. It can mean that this is a place they kill people. So... I've not gone to the Holy Lands. I would very much like to. And I'm not, when people say this is where he was born, or this is where he died, I'm not going to be in the crowd going, I'm just going to enjoy it. But be aware, we're not, we have no idea where these are. Real quick, do you know why people think they know where they are? Because an empress, um, one of the wives of the, the empress, uh, she really was devoted Christian. He was not. Uh, and he quit. she spent money and sent people out to find these places for her, so they found the places. They found places. And if you need something else, they'll find that for you. So that's where that all got started. Um, they crucified him, dividing up his clothes, and that's where we stopped last time. They cast lots to see what each would get. When we look at that society, it is so far from us this is hard for us to gather. Here's a man who has lived outdoors a lot, uh, has one set of clothes, which is just a, a, a robe-type thing wrapped around and cinched with a girdle or a belt, and now they are ripping up to get little pieces of cloth. You live in a place where cloth is precious, even stained dirty cloth because you can't go get new cloth. There's, we, we live in such abundance here that we don't remember this. Do you remember, did, did you ever have to do like folk music or something when you're in school? And there was a song about um, 
you know, Willie boy, can she bake a cherry pie, Willie boy? Well, there's a verse in there, which is also, it shows up in a lot of folk songs, also shows up uh, the idea in Scarborough Fair with um, uh, Simon and Garfunkel, which is, can she make a shirt? And if she, nothing in that song about Willie boy or Simon and Garfunkel, nothing is anything about her beauty or her looks at all. It's all about utility. Can they, can they feed me and can they make a shirt? If they can, woohoo, we're in. It is because people usually only had one set of clues and then a cloak, if they were, had the money for a cloak, for inclement weather that was also used as a, as a sleeping uh, area. You would put it out and that was what you'd sleep with. The, um, or sleep on. The same as a kilt. Yeah, I know a lot of you have seen the formal kilts that you see on Scottish men, especially the military or in formal dress. That's actually a modern version of the ancient, which was not pleated like this. It was a long bit of cloth, and you picked it up every morning, and you wove it around, and the pleats were just because you were making it fit under the belt and then over your top. That was your, um, that was your sleeping bag. That was your tent. That was your clothes. It was also your pocket. You would have that little bit just draped down here, and they'd put oatmeal in that, or what we call porridge. And as you'd go to the brook, you'd get a hand of that, and you'd get a little bit of water on it, and you make it a ball, and that's what they would eat as they moved on. That's kind of what Jesus had to do. These clothes, when you came into a house, you put them up, and now you're just in a little T-shirt, basically. Sometimes it would come down mid-thigh, Again, if you had one that was clean, and there's one room. What we consider modesty is not what they considered modesty. What we consider modesty is what they would call chastity, which is be chaste, but the idea of the body being, um, how can I put, oh, here's another illustration. When Jesus is after the resurrection, and he sees his apostles fishing, and one of them recognizes him. It says he put on his clothes to jump into the water. He, was he working naked, perhaps, or just in that linen wrap? We often have more Victorian ideas about modesty than biblical ones. And because of this, there are many generations where sex was a dirty word, even among married people, because we didn't get that their world is a different world. It's a world of scarcity. It's a world where you don't go to trials because if you go to a trial that lasts more than a day, you will starve. You have to work all day to get enough money to buy food to eat for the next all day. It was a world where they would fight while a man was dying right behind them to rip up bits of cloth because that was precious. How far away is this world from ours? It is so difficult, is it not? Um, they crucified him, dividing up his clothes. It was nine in the morning when they crucified him. The written notice of the charge against him read, the king of the Jews, and that, as we know that that was put above his head. They crucified two rebels with him, one on his right and one on his left. There are manuscripts here that add a verse. I don't know if your Bible has the verse in it or not, it comes out of Luke 22, verse 37, and they insert it 
right here where it says, um, it is written, he was numbered among the transgressors, and I tell you this must be fulfilled in me. But that phrase, he was numbered among the transgressors, that is not in most of the early manuscripts, but it is in some. So the NIV leaves verse 28 out because they, they don't think it belonged there. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, So, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down from the cross and save yourselves. Do you remember what I told you before? The pictures of the cross that you've seen uh, dramatically highlighting him being very high, that's not the way the Romans did things. They were very efficient. They did not use a long pole. They didn't need a long pole. The feet were generally speaking within a foot or so of the ground of the crucified person. They wanted the horror to face you. That would keep you in line. If it was up out of the way where you could avert your eyes, that would not have had the same effect. And there were times that they lined the roads with crucified men for miles. They would decimate a, a town. The word decimate means take at random one out of ten and put them on the cross. And so Jesus was right down there and people, you will always find cruel people. That, that's something which in history astounds me. You, you're a dictator and you need somebody to torture others piteously. You can always find them. You need people to design gas chambers to shove the Jews in. You can find people. These people live among us. Always. Civilization is the only thing between us and that. And civilization is a thin veneer in some places. In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. So they didn't come right up. Why did they not come right up? You ever thought about that? They, others came right by, it says. In contrast, these mocked him among themselves. Well, to answer the question, a lot of the people still loved Jesus and were brokenhearted they don't, the leaders aren't going to be seen right up front rejoicing because that's going to cause issues. They want to keep their power. They want to keep the people. So they stay back. He saved others, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, the King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. Those crucified with him also heaped insults on him. Now we also know from other Gospels that one of them may have started with heaping, but stopped. The other Gospels would indicate he never started heaping. And so it's going to be hard to put those two together. And I, I, if you're asking for the solution, don't have one. What I can just tell you is, Peter leaves out the story of the thief on the cross. Why? Probably because everybody already knew it. Remember this, he's writing to people who know. That's another thing which is different from our, our literature and our movies. Um, we say we like to be surprised. And so we want to go see a new movie. We want to read a new book. If you read enough books and see enough movies, you're able to tell they're, they follow a formula, don't they? Right? It's, um, in fact... Um, one man told his English class that romance novels were so formulaic, anybody could write them in a week. 
And his class, for some reason, looked at him and said, no, they can't. If they can, you do it. And in one week, he, he did. He used the formula, and he wrote the seven bridges of Madison County and made a lot of money and didn't have to teach ignorant little kids anymore. But the point is, it's a formula. We, know, we understand the formula. We know if we go see an Indiana Jones movie, he will not die. Now, that's not always true. If you go see a John Wayne movie, he dies in a couple. If you don't know which ones, I won't tell you and spoil it. To the Jewish people, they wanted to hear a story they knew. Most people are like this, even us. We don't want to be too surprised. All of Shakespeare's stories were well-known to the people. All of them knew these stories. So all he did is make them poetic, uh, playing with language, sets, sometimes moving them into a different time frame. But everyone knew the story of Romeo and Juliet. Everybody knew these, the, these stories, uh, Twelfth Night and the like. All he did is change them up uh, a little bit, but you don't mess with the ending. The Jews knew the stories, and because of that, they leave out details we would like to have. And this is one of them, what happened on the cross. We will get to that when we look at another gospel. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Let's stop for a minute. It went dark. Why did it go dark? Well, the other Gospels talk about some other weird things going on. At this time in history, uh, I'm sorry, in history, every year at the Passover, the sun would come around to a point and shine in the temple. And it would strike the curtain covering the Holy of Holies. And when it hit there, everybody would be gathering around waiting for that, and they would all cheer, somewhat like uh, the people do at Stonehenge at, at Midsummer's Day, whenever the sun hits the, the right rock, and everybody's going, yay, exciting. Well, these people, yay, you know, the sun hits this curtain. We know from other Gospels at that moment, without hands, it was ripped apart. God wasn't going to let them celebrate. I, I have a very... This is entirely 100% a guess, so I want you to write that down in your head. I think it went dark because God just couldn't look. This was too hard. It goes dark, the earth shakes, he breaks some people out of graves, rips the curtain. God is upset. God is hurting. It is one thing, I listened to an interview this morning with two gold star parents, it's one thing to suffer the loss of a child. It's another thing to have to stand there and watch it. And God evidently turned off the lights enough to where Jesus said, where are you? Why have you gone? Now that, that'll hit you. And he calls out in Aramaic. Why would he call out in Aramaic? Because that's the language of his childhood and when you're in pain, struggling, you go back to that. Where, where are you? Others have tried to pretty this up by saying he didn't really mean forsaken. 
uh, God really didn't go anywhere. He didn't, I, I don't, I, I really don't want you to pretty up a crucifixion. You just, you kind of need to hang in there and let it be as ugly as it is. Because unless you understand the ugliness, you'll never understand the grace. Those standing near him heard this. They said he's calling for Elijah. Where'd they get that? I'll tell you where they got that. He had been beaten the entire time before he was crucified. He was dehydrated, swollen. They weren't able to understand what he was saying. Uh, I, I won't ask for hands in the air. I'll just say this. If you've ever been around somebody who's been beaten, it is hard to figure out what they're saying because they are swollen, jaw may be broken, teeth missing, nose collapsed. Um, Jesus was all of these things. He was not the picture that you see, not the crucifix that you see on walls. Someone ran, filled a sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. We know from others that he refused the drinks. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down. I want you to just put your head around that. They were not giving him the wine vinegar here to make him feel better, but to keep him talking, to see if he could call Elijah down. This was entertainment. If you're thinking, what? In Breton, hangings were the big deal. Every week there were hangings, and the crowd was, you had to get there early. All the way up through the 1700s until the early 1800s when they started moving them into private places. But in America, you had some public hangings too. Did people come? Oh, yeah. And they, they came to watch, laugh, jeer. And if you look along the side in those old, those, what do they call it, daguerreotypes, those old tintype, um, you will see people selling food and cooking food. It's entertainment. Please remember this. The next time somebody tells you, we don't need God, people are already good. We're not that good. We, uh, we will look, and, and if you're thinking, oh, that's really, again, let's think of a Rambo movie. He goes through and slaughters a whole bunch of people, but that's all right because they're the bad guys. Isn't that entertainment? What are we, what are we really doing? A couple of Mel Gibson movies uh, rely way too heavy. Uh, you, know, you know, Braveheart, for example. He could have just told us what happened. But no, they want to drag it out a bit. And there are people, I, I saw it a grand total of once. There are people that buy it to watch it again. And I'm going, I really? If you're English, I get it. Because <laughs> he was a bad guy to you. But again, watching torture for fun I, really gets to me but you will always find people willing to run and look. I am told, and by the way, I have no idea if Noah this is true. Who am I to know? But I've been told by a couple of people in my life, only two animals on earth will run to watch a fight. Humans and rats. It seems too neat to be true, but it, there, there's probably enough truth in there to make us think. Well, with a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. Mark just doesn't give us much from the cross. We'll have to get that elsewhere. We get most of it, by the way, in Luke. And the reason Luke has it, Luke wasn't there. But Luke got a lot of his material from Mary. We know that because only Luke will write down what Mary was thinking. 
and what Mary said in a private place. He must have spent a lot of time with Mary interviewing her. And so we know more from the cross from the other Gospels. Remember, Peter wasn't there. Remember? He had to get that from others. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. By the way, that's, that's all it says. Why? Because every Jew knew what that meant. We look at that and go, what? Why are we in the temple now? So we got to get that context. And when a centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the son of God. The other gospels phrase this a little differently, and the language is ambivalent. Instead of saying, this was Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, he said, a son of the gods. Which one? I'm, I'm sorry, you're just going to pick one, because I don't know. One story, which we found in old movies, back when they made old movies about faith, and like Ben-Hur and the robe, uh, would have the, the centurion as a secret Christian. Others had them as a guy that then became a Christian later. People used to write a lot of those type of novels. Um, those kind of died a long time ago, frankly. Surely this man was a son of God because he saw how he died. That's it. That, that interests me. And I, this is when I, I can sit back and think about all the way to Hot Springs. I, that's the way I read. You may get frustrated because I'll say, I'll read a phrase and I'll stop. I'll read a phrase and I'll stop. But you have to live in the story. You've got to pull back and look at it. What about the way he died? We don't get a lot here, but we see forgiving those who killed him, refusing to dull the pain, asking John to take care of his mother, never crying for mercy, but also the darkness. They hear something going wrong over at the temple. They hear rumors that there are dead people walking around. They used to be dead. Walking around. Only one gospel brings that up. And only very, just one sentence and keeps walking. And I keep wanting to go, oh, whoa, 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 come back. But they, they, they just throw it out and keep moving. There are a whole lot of things going on. And he's going, this, this wasn't right. This wasn't right. Um, some women were watching from a distance. Stop again. Just to let you know, this doesn't mean that they were cowards. It means they, were, they had a brain. There are evil men in front of the cross making fun of Jesus, having a party. Don't get in the middle of that. The women never ran. God bless the women. The women never ran. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the younger, and of Joseph, and Salome. Uh, and we also know in other Gospels that there were other Marys there as well. In Galilee, these women had followed him and cared for his needs. Many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem were also there. Ladies, you didn't, you didn't desert him. The women stayed. Now think about that. Why did we need to know that? I think it's because God knew later on we would ignore a lot of what Jesus said Ignore a lot of what Paul said, frankly. Um, no, ignore a lot of history and latch on to two verses out of Paul's writings to two different places, pull them out of context, and silence women. 
Jesus didn't. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. I'm just kind of looking around. Yes. Yes. I, I would think he got more punishment, yes. Uh, yeah, he's, he, you're saying he gave them more than the ritualistic crucifixion of the time. I would say yes and no. There were people uh, in history like, um, that, you know, of um, escaped slaves and such that tried to lead rebellions that people stayed around and punched and kicked and yelled and spat at while they died. So he got more than the thieves got. I'll give him that. But he, I can't say he got more than anybody got. It was part of the ritual was to make fun of the people who were dying. That was entertainment. But the women didn't, think of it, uh, women didn't leave. Who was the first one Jesus said, told who he was, was the Samaritan woman. Who was the first missionary to foreign people, the Samaritan woman. Who was the first one to tell the apostles that Jesus was risen, women. I mean, we can keep looking at this. The women were faithful during all of this. Some of them, we'll find in other Gospels, also provided the funds for Jesus. And by the way, that surprises me that that's not mentioned here. And the reason is, Mark's mother is one of those. Mark's mother, <clears throat> they came from North Africa. They came from the Jewish settlement there. But they also owned houses in Jerusalem. They were very wealthy. I don't know if that's one of the reasons that, uh, that Paul later on had a problem with Mark. This is the John Mark that he had problems with for a while. I don't know what that history was. But I do know that um, Mark's mom was one of those who supplied funds. And it surprises me that Mark didn't put that down or that Peter didn't tell him to put it down. But the women here, I just, I just want to yell, yay women. Um... We're, we're about to transition from the cross now to the burial. It's preparation day, that is the day before the Sabbath. So as evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the council who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate was surprised to hear that he was already dead because crucifixions, um, the, the crucified could take days to die. Summoning the centurion, he asked him if Jesus had already died. When he learned from the centurion that it was so, he gave the body to Joseph. So Joseph brought in some, uh, bought rather, some linen cloth, took the body down, wrapped it in the linen, placed it in a tomb cut out of the rock. There he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. They stayed close. Let's talk about some of this. Again, we'll have to wait for the other Gospels to get a lot of the detail here. Um, there's a book. I'm not afraid to tell you the title that you'll go read it and lose your faith. Called The Passover Plot. I think it was written in the late 50s, early 60s. Um, so you can get a copy for a penny off Amazon, I'm sure. And it, that's, that's what it's worth. Um, and it's one of the early ideas that Jesus didn't really die on a cross. That instead... He, um, there, there are several things. One was that uh, he did die, but he wasn't resurrected. The people went to the wrong tomb because they forgot which tomb he was in. 
Well, the Bible says they noticed which one he was in. Besides, have you ever buried anybody? Do you remember where you put them? Pretty much. Another was, and this is my favorite, my favorite of all, is the swoon theory. They didn't die. Those ignorant first century people couldn't tell that he hadn't really died. And so, in the cool of the tomb, he revived and came back out. You know, that's, that's actually even a better story, because hang on. Because when he died, they wrapped him in like 100 pounds of cloth and spices. Have you ever been rolled up in something? I got rolled up in a carpet a few times as a boy because I had older sisters. And they had a carpet. You're not moving. They're all wrapped up. And then after, after not eating for three days, beating, dehydrated, bleeding out so much, broken um, face. I don't think broken bones, if we understand scripture, but broken face. And then, in other words, bruised and like. And yet, you're able to fight out of that and then roll the stone away and overcome the guards. That's an amazing movie. But it's ridiculous. And there are others, and people, uh, the Passover plot guy was buying into all of these. Jesus died, but he's not there now. That's what we have to deal with. There are, uh, we've, several years ago, uh, by the way, this has a long and checkered history, because it went to court and all the other. They were laying a sidewalk, a pavement in Israel when they found some ancient stuff, and they had to stop. That's the rule in Israel. You shut it down, you call the archaeologist, they take it from there. And they found an ossuary. Now, an ossuary is a box, a bone box. Uh, sometimes they're just stone, sometimes they're made out of ivory. This one was ivory, I believe. Uh, some, they can be fancy or whatever. But what happens is, when somebody dies, you put them on a shelf in there, you wrap them up, put them on a shelf. When the shelves are full, and somebody else dies, you take the first one you put in, and you break their bones all apart and put them in the box. So somebody else has a chance at the, at the nice lie-down. And you, and you do that as your family. This bone box had writing on it. That was from the family of Caiaphas, the high priest. If you've read something that says, oh, we proved that was a forgery, go read the latest stuff. The courts have now reversed that and said, no, it's not a forgery. And they, um, they, made, they were pretty plain about it as well. It is something which I remember going in and talking to Cammie about, I think we were still back in, probably in Morgantown. And I said, we have the priest that declared Jesus was not worthy to live. We have his bones. But we don't have Jesus's. That's pretty cool. You can go pray by the grave of all these other religious leaders, you can't pray by the grave of Jesus. It's not there. Well, you can go by the hole, but he's not there. And that's just an amazing thing to me. It's just shocking and amazing. Um, I've only got a couple minutes here, and so instead of going to the he is risen section and explaining why you don't have all of Mark 16 in your Bible, because uh, you don't... If you do, it's in italics. There's a reason why. We'll get to that. But not this time. Ooh, cliffhanger. Um, any, any questions that you've got about what we've done today? Yes, sir. I, I, 
It is, and you are exactly right. The statement uh, from the cross that is recorded here, there's just that one about Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, is a perfect demonstration of his humanity and his divinity. You're right. That's a, that's a good point as well. They, when they gave their sacrifices at, and, at mid-morning and then the afternoon, that also correlates to when Jesus was put on the cross. Um, my favorite bet is, remember that the roads to Jerusalem would be choked with people coming in. Those that had um, a family to take care of the sheep would bring a lamb with them. Others would have to buy there at, at elevated prices. That's why Jesus cleared the temple, because they were robbing the pilgrims coming in. But you would be able to hear along the road constantly, dads telling the sons, watch the lamb, watch the lamb. Because if the lamb arrives in Jerusalem with any mark or failing or wound, you can't use it. And remember Jesus, whenever uh, early in his ministry, John the Baptist is there when these roads are cloaked the same time of year. Stops everybody and points to Jesus and says, behold the lamb. Yeah. She gets it. Yeah, she did. The little baby just went, hmm, hmm. And a little child got that. Uh, anybody else not understand it? You can ask her because she's that brilliant. Um, it is interesting that the roads would have also been choked with pilgrims at this time. And the lamb was not in a temple, but was facing him. Yes, sir. I'm not sure if I, I'm going to answer your question, but then you can tell me if I didn't get your question, okay? I'm not sure exactly where you're headed. There is theological relevance for it. If he had dulled the pain, we would have always been able to say he didn't go through everything. He dulled the pain. I think it was a, it was a way of him giving everything he had, laying everything he had out there. Now, if you're asking, does it have medical relevance, uh, relevance rather, for us, that we should, um, we should watch the dulling of our pain I would go, no, I'm a big fan of pain control. Um, uh, and yeah, we just have a messed up system here, but we, I'm a big fan of pain control. I am, however, and this is not what you ask, I am, however, a, a person who questions going through heroic efforts to keep us alive if that's not a bridge too far. So anyway, I've, gone, I've bounced all over. Did I hit anything near what you were asking? Oh, okay. Guys, I got to go, but thank you. God bless you. I will see you next week. Cheers.